Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Cord, all right. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. What up, ladies and gentlemen? I got a faraway guest coming from the great far land of Orlando, a real estate agent out there. And uh, his name is Nick Acosta. Before we get started with his conversation and hearing his story, I want to remind you guys, 365 pairs of shoes was the goal for the year. We met and exceeded that. So we were able to give those shoes to two different organizations. Yesterday, we spent some time with It's All About the Kids, giving out food and, and clothes and candy and all kinds of good stuff. So thank you guys all for all the donations that we've had for that so far. Um, if you have any insurance needs, remember James is the insurance guy that you can reach out to 619-884-0045 or james at csfirst.com. And today's show sponsor is dronequote.net. It's sunny. It's beautiful. You should be taking advantage of these sun rays and making sure that you have solar on your rooftop. Don't know where to start shopping for solar? That's totally okay. You go to dronecode.net forward slash business bros, and that's the starting point. They're going to send out a drone. It's going to take pictures of your rooftop, send it out to roofing contractors, send it out to um, solar companies. You sit back, look at all the different codes, pick the one that works for you. That's the smart way to shop for solar. Dronecode.net forward slash business bros. All right, ready, Nick? Yes, I'm ready. All right, yep. I got through all the minutiae in the beginning, all the stuff, all the you know, pay the bill stuff, and then we're off and rolling. Oh, no worries. Hey there, everybody. This, yeah, Nick Acosta, like you said, I'm in Orlando, Florida. I'm a real estate agent that's been in the business for over a year, almost two years now. And um, actually, uh, I have my uh, podcast that I just started myself. I know you guys probably got to listen to it. I just got done dropping or recording episode number four. Uh, it's called Home to All. It's a real estate podcast uh, about what the ins and outs of real estate is to educate uh, the consumer and investors and uh, sellers out there uh, about, or business people about real estate and what is in, what's involved in it. Absolutely, uh, especially because people need to know how the process goes, you know, the ins and outs, what's escrow, what's title, what's, you know, all these different things that, that have to go into the process sometimes, especially people who aren't in the business every single day, they don't know what's up with that stuff, right? So we gotta make sure that we educate them, especially as a professional so that they know what is involved. And then of course, who gave them that information? Nick did, so they're going to hit you up, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the uh, whole point of the show. And I'd, as a real estate agent, I, there's probably like in the business, actually, and you may or may not know that like 99% of realtors actually are afraid to either get on camera. I'm not shy when it comes to like Facebook Live or anything like that when I do my open houses. I like to inform people. I like to share my uh, process, my strategy in this business. I'm a, what do you call it, like a hustler when it comes to this business in real estate. Where I like to, you know, I want to get out there. I do open houses, want to meet people, get to know people, become their friends, become family with them. Uh, for me, it's not, you know, obviously it's a business like everything else is. You have to make money to pay your bills. But at the same time, I'm all about, you know, getting to know people and making long-term lasting relationships with people 
you know, more than just the transaction. And well, let's me, do that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's get to know Nick, right? So if people want to work with you, they got to know, like, and trust you, right? So let's get exactly. to know who you are first. So tell me a little bit about like, who's Nick? Where were you before you were doing this real estate stuff? What's your background? All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so I was born and raised in Florida, actually in the Tampa Bay area and just moved to the Orlando area about two months ago. But so personal life for 20 years, I actually worked for a, a big auto insurance company. The, everyone probably knows it, Progressive Insurance. Oh, yeah. I claims personal injury adjuster um, for 20 years with them, claims processor and claims adjuster. And so that's where I got like a financial background and also a customer service background um, where this company that I worked for, we had over like 28,000 employees and where they taught me um, the importance of the customer. And when it came to insurance, Obviously, you know, real estate is a tangible product because you're buying a property, but insurance, on the other hand, the challenge with that is, as everybody might know, is um, it's an intangible product. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, documents, legal documents, you know, written policies, things like that. We are just basically selling them, you know, protection is what you're yeah. selling. Um, and that's the same thing I do with houses. You know, it's the same thing. So from my experience in those 20 years of doing the claims, and what I learned from that big insurance company, which I give a lot of uh, appreciation and thankfulness to because they made me a better person than I am today in this real estate business because they taught me that the customer is not just a number, whereas a lot of big corporations out there may or may not you know, treat people as a number. The larger the corporation gets, the less you forget about the person. Uh, but this company, and the reason I liked working for them for so long, obviously 20 years, I started when I was like you know, 19, years old. Um, but the, the thing is with that is that it taught me, they taught me the importance of people. Um, yeah. It's not just about the policy in terms of like collecting the premium. Yes, we obviously have to collect the premium to run a business. It's the only way the world works, unfortunately. Um, but um, at the same time, they instilled in me that I needed to get to know um, like a about each person, like their different, you know, different personality types, their emotions, how they respond when they have an accident. Because when I was doing personal injury, I was the one that you would see after you were talked to after you had the accident, not the one prior. I didn't sell the policy to the clients or to the customers. You you had a you had to break some bad news every once in a while, right? As a claims adjuster, exactly. like, hey, man, your limits are only this much. Like, you exactly. weren't able, you know, you 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 opted for the ten fifteen, and uh, you know, the coverage on that vehicle, that Tesla that you hit, was a little more expensive, or you know, the medical bills went a little high. You you were the bearer of bad news from time to time. Exactly. So yeah, there's a lot of times that just like in real estate too. That well, not really necessarily. I don't really haven't experienced it yet in real estate, but in that business. Since I was the bearer of bad news, I was the one that got you know screamed at by a customer on the phone, or had an attorney calling me and sending me to a deposition uh, because I had to deny a claim because maybe that medical treatment they got didn't uh, relate to the accident. Mm -hmm. And even though they tried to slide that in on their you know their medical bills, and then I told them no, and an attorney I would get yelled at by a customer, or I go into a video deposition for like an hour or two where. The attorneys would ask me personal questions that had nothing to do with just so they could try to intimidate me. So, so be, is that where you yeah. got like uh, comfortable behind the camera doing uh, video depositions? <laughs> I would say probably doing that. Um, actually, a funny story is that when I was about uh, say 13 years old, I always, because I actually, my other thing to tell you guys about my background is 
yeah, I'm in real estate, but my background, I have a, a bachelor's degree in mass communication journalism. Hmm. I've always been interested in the news and stuff, watching like, you know, network news uh, on, on a nightly basis. So that's where I got my uh, video interest in that. It's like I've done video editing, um, video storytelling. But for that, it was like when I was about 13 or 14 years old, when I lived with my parents, I actually got, I remember back in the day when they had the V or the camcorders that had the VHS. Yeah, yeah. In it. The that big old ones. Camera. Yeah, right. Uh, an analog camera or whatever you want to call it. So anyways, I would like put up a weather map or, or a map of Florida with the Gulf of Mexico behind me. And I would literally draw like, you know, I guess hurricanes. And that's how I would just practice in my room. <laughs> um, when I lived on the beach, like doing these videos of weather videos and playing back and showing them my family. And, you know, of course, they would end up sometimes as embarrassing videos of your family. At least I didn't feel embarrassed. But my parents and my grandparents and cousins and my sister would always make fun of me like, what's wrong with him? Why is he making these videos, <laughs> practicing doing weather reports? Um, but I actually, like in 2007, when I was in the journalism program at USF in St. Pete, Florida, is where I got my bachelor's degree at um, the journalism program. I actually got, there was a CBS affiliate in St. Pete. But I did get to go in front of the green screen during my uh, uh, internship or what do you, yeah, internship in college. So that was a really, really cool experience. And I, so the last laugh was on my family, like, hey, by the way, see, it did pay for me to be a, a goofy teenager practicing in front of a camera at 13 years old. Because now I'm in a, I got to go into a, like a giant, uh, what do you call it, green screen room with a robotic camera. And do it like professionally, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not, not just that. Like fast forward the clock 20 years and they all are doing video of themselves anyways. We all got our cell phone cameras. We're doing our own little TikToks or, you know, taking selfies or whatever. We're doing the same type of thing. You were just ahead of the curve. Yeah, it was way before Facebook or Instagram and even before um, the iPhone came out. It was still, I think what we were using back then was a, a Motorola Razor or, or Riser or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. When we first started really taking clunky. pictures. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're really clunky phones that didn't have, you, you could text message people, mm -hmm. but it's not the text messaging like we have now, like SMS or, you know, iMessage like we have today. It was no, just regular texting or whatever. So that's, yeah, I guess you'd say I was ahead of my time. Uh, 20 years ahead of my time with that I'm like why aren't we like people putting video on the internet and of course you know back then that's when the internet was dial-up only i uh, know like now you know internet well we live on the internet constantly now with our phones but this was way before myspace oh my god that makes me really old oh, <laughs> i had one of those accounts too yeah uh, and i even back then i was like before facebook even became the existence or even youtube uh, i was like why aren't more people should be doing videos and stuff like this so I thought that was, you know, I, yeah, I was, I was, this, I guess you want to call it like a, 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 a video geek back then, which is mm -hmm. fun. And that was in the days I didn't have, my parents weren't going to buy it. Well, every time my birthday would come around, I would always ask my dad for like maybe the latest camcorder, uh, you know, going from the VHS cassette to one of the digital videotapes. And then He's eventually. Like, who, do you, who do you think you are, kid? Those things are expensive. Right. And then back, especially nowadays they're more affordable, but back then that was even more expensive because. The technology was probably like 10 or 20 times the price that it is today back when yeah. I was in high school. I I mean, in, yeah. Editing stuff like that must have been tough too. I mean, doing it on VCR and like, you know, transferring oh, to yeah. another tape so and stop. The, and the VCR to your, my Mac, uh, whatever, whatever the first Mac that had a, like a Intel processor in it. Back <laughs> in Poking that up with a, what was it called? Now nobody, maybe a lot of people may don't, maybe video 
geeks, maybe I'm not sure you know what it is. Remember the Firewire? Yeah. The camcorder? Mm-hmm. Mac and it would just, it would take like maybe like an hour to send the file through this long cable that looked like a bike lock chain. <laughs> cable. Yeah, you were yeah. like, well, I would ask my dad, can I go get a, I need to buy a Firewire. Okay, this really makes me old. Circuit City. <laughs> doesn't exist anymore except for probably online but um back then i was like oh i need to go get this firewire for my camcorder so i can convert it and then i had i think i had like final cut express or something like that on my mac desktop but it would take me back then you know that's what's cool about today is that you know people want to see more videos like raw footage versus like in those days if i wanted to make a five minute video like i did a video storytelling thing where I call it, it was the Hamburger Romance. That was a college project I did. Um, you have to check it out. Nick Acosta, Hamburger Romance. Check it out online. When Google it, it should still be there um, on my YouTube channel. And basically what that was is uh, the video project was where we created a, 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 like a five-minute video about me having a dream that I was uh, getting married or having an affair with a hamburger, which we got at like McDonald's or something like that. <laughs> that was the project. That was our prop. And then the, I was cheating on the hamburger with a, uh, or my friend was cheating on the hamburger with a taco from Taco Bell. <laughs> and that took six to eight hours in front of my Mac. First of all, I'm also a perfectionist in this video world. Um, so those, but in those days, people wanted like, you know, titles, credits, uh, what is it, transitions, you know, all that fluff stuff. And nowadays, obviously, you know, people care less about that. They want to, you know, I get more results on Facebook Live or when I just post a video where if I make a little bit of bloopers or whatever in the video or they like it. Thing, and the people, the likes on the algorithm of Facebook, I get more views because I made a mistake. Yeah, of course. In those days, you would spend six hours on your computer trying to get all the mistakes out of your video footage. And nowadays, so that's like, you know, I guess I was ahead of my time. Well, I was doing the video editing stuff, you know, production stuff. Well, it's, way it's, it comes down to that authenticity feel, right? So, like, right, if, it's, exactly. if it nowadays, if it's fully done, you kind of feel like, well, what are you trying to sell me? You know what I mean? Like, if it's a complete, uh, like, completely edited, it's got transitions, nice credits, you're thinking, okay, somebody's trying to sell me something. Some of them right. are pretty cool. Some of them are, are great. And, you know, you do right. want to see some produced product. But when you're talking to somebody, if you want to get them to be, like, an authentic feel so you know that they're a real person and they're not, you know, screwing you in any way, whatever, then, then this personal video right here where you make a mistake, where you stutter, where you flub, you know, a line here and there or whatever, like that's the authenticity that people are looking for. They want to get to know you as an individual. Right. And if you're authentic, then, you know, you're more likely to, to want to do business with me. Oh yeah, exactly. Cause yeah, they don't want, they want you to be uh, authentic and they want you to be real with the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, they just, they want to be able to trust you. And especially in this business in real estate, um, I have to be a face and a voice that you trust. You know, if you go and you edit, you add transitions, you add all this stuff or you, you edit out all the stuff that you're the mistakes you made, then people are like, well, I'm not going to work with you because I don't believe you because what are you hiding from me? Because that's what's been happening or happened over, you know, in the last maybe decade or so with television commercials, when they advertise medicine or um, products, like, you know, anything, food products or whatever it is, I don't believe these people when they, and then also when you get, of course they have to have their disclaimers. My, my late father was a doctor, 46 years in Tampa Bay area. And, and he, I would always ask him, and this is where I feel I was ahead of my time in terms of authenticity. You know, you hear a commercial for a, I don't know, like a heartburn medicine. But then of course the, the legal department makes them 
do all that fine print with like 8 million side effects. It's like, so, so why should we take this medicine is what I would ask my dad every time I see a commercial growing up. And you know, I was like probably 12 or 13 asking this question. Um, Cause I was already interested in the media and uh, you know, the advertising world in mark, you know, marketing back then. I'd be like, why, why would you take this? It's like 8 million different, you know, of course exaggerating, but it's like 8 million, well, it's pretty much not exaggerating, but 8 million different side effects. And you say, well, they just have to give you that nonsense be, or, or legal nonsense because, you know, there may be one out of those eight millions that may affect that person, but not that person, but this person, but not that person. And I'm like, all right, now I don't want to take the medication because I don't believe them. Or you know what it I mean? It comes down to a confused mind, right? If a, if a mind is confused, you're going to hear no, right? And then that, that comes down to any type of business that you're into, whether it's real estate, whether it's, whether it's the insurance company, it doesn't matter. If you have a client in front of you and they don't have clarity as to what it is that you're offering and how it's going to solve the problem that they have, you're just going right. to hear a no. And it, it might be a, a like, hell no, like, get out of my face type no, or it might be a, you know, thank you for your time no. But either way, they're confused. They don't know that you haven't provided the clarity that they're looking for. So no is going to be your answer. Exactly. So speaking of clarity and, and getting your message out there, you got a podcast that you just started, right? Yes, I did. Um, All right. Tell me, tell me a, a little bit about why you decided to go the podcast route. What motivated you to do that? Well, um, I'm the type of person like i said you you mentioned earlier i was i'm out the type of person that's ahead of the game um so i do my research and um yeah as we know this is going to be 2020 next year and a lot of companies and especially real estate well a lot more than real estate but real estate we have the world we're living in the world of amazon now um and also we're also the the younger generation but even the older generation they you know our our attention spans because there's so much media with facebook instagram twitter all the things in this regular traditional television that there's, there's such a short attention span. Um, and you know, and also the fact that we live in the world of Netflix and Hulu where everything's on demand now. Well, of course, like with my podcast, I do it where I record in a studio, I uh, go twice a month uh, right now, but starting next year, I'm going to be increasing the amount of shows on the home to all podcast um, that I do. So the reason I did it is because real estate, you're getting in these, it's called these institutional companies now. Um, just an example, like uh, Redfin or Zillow Offers or Zillow Sale or whatever it's called, um, not to give them any credit. But the thing is, is that these, these, the sellers out there and buyers want to cut out the real estate agent because they feel like, oh, if I list it with one of those companies, those institutional companies that's on, you know, app-based or internet-based, well, then I'm gonna, they're going to save money. But in reality, they're not going to save money. They hide all those fees. So this gives back to clarity and authenticity. Um, they're in the business of getting you to sign up with them, signing that agreement, and saying, oh, you don't have to move out. You don't have to paint your house. You don't have to clean it up or prepare for open houses. But when it comes to closing, my, my theory on this is your 1% commission that you sign up with one of those technology companies to sell your house versus a traditional realtor like myself. They will stick all those those fees that they told you that you didn't have to worry about at closing. So you have your one percent um, commission that you're trying to save money on because you instead of paying six percent or five percent, uh, which there's uh, you know at least in Florida, um, I have to I'm legally required to say this that there is no standard commission rate 
Um, that's completely up to the seller. Uh, commissions are always negotiable. Exactly. Well, let me let me throw this at you. Like I got, I, I always see this as two different perspectives, right? Yeah, I see the I see the big uh, Zillows and the Redfins and and those guys coming in and they're doing their iBuyer programs and like right. for me, like I don't have anything against them. Like I know I'm a, I'm a real I have I have my real estate license. I I understand that, but it's a value that they bring, right? They've built this platform right. that allows the consumer. The, it, it comes down to like that that friction, right? If a consumer can figure out how to get from point A to point B for less amount of money, they're going to do it, right? And if you have the platform that's created that opportunity, then you should be able to capitalize on that. Now, that being said, not right, right. every client is going to go through that Zillow route. A lot of people like that that personal interaction that we have with the real estate. Someone I can pick up the phone and call and ask questions to, right? But it right. does have its place. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of uh, not really villainizing any one type of business model. I like the idea of that model is a good is a good option. Like, right. how do I get involved in 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 the sense that like if, if my client needs that option, like if I'm if I'm a real estate agent and I'm going to list this house for for a particular client, but the client needs like a ton of rehab, right? They don't have right. the money to do it. They also need to close in the next like ten days because they're they need to move. They got I don't know family or whatever going on that that they need to do that is a great offer. Maybe I don't have investors that I work with quite yet. Maybe I'm like a year into the business and I haven't established those relationships. So being able to offer them things to these other platforms are just more like value adds to you. Like right. uh, I just feel like, you know, when, when, if you come off too defensive, especially in front of a client, I think it looks a little uh, off. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if you come at the client and be like, look, check it out. Um, there's, this is what I offer. I'm going to offer you a full service. I'm able to do this. I'm going to market your, your home doing, you know, videos or, or, you know, social media or whatever, or whatever you, you particularly have for your particular market. By the way, I also have this other option. Here's a completely written offer for, uh, for your home. It's not what you want. I, I know that's not what you want, but it allows you to close in, you know, seven days, 10 days. We can leave the house exactly how it is. You just take your stuff and move out and we're done. Um, you know, and it's not that it's not as good a deal, but here's the option, right? Now you're letting the client choose and you're still able to give them those options. You're opening up the doorway to them to say, you know, no, I don't want that, that low ball offer. Cause you know, you, you've been in the business long enough where if you, if you have a home for sale, you're going to get two to three offers right off the bat and they're coming from wholesalers right, right off the bat. So they're, they're doing the same thing that Zillow's doing. Right, right. Most agents are trying to vilify that process, but it's just the wholesale process. That's all that's going on there, right? So instead of instead of maybe shooting it down, maybe acquire it as a tool in your tool belt. You know what I mean? Because because when you sit down with a client at the listing table, let's let's right. be hundred percent honest. If if you don't have every tool in your arsenal ready to go, or if they ask you something like, "Hey, my house on Zillow says it's worth you know four hundred thousand dollars." And you go, oh, Zillow sucks. You don't want to listen to them. Like you're almost telling them you're an idiot for looking at Zillow, right? You don't want to really tell them that. You want to be able to tell them, you know what? That's a good thing. Let's see what Zillow has for, to offer for your home. And let's see if we can, if that's even an option for you. So here's the Zillow offer. Like it says 400000 on your home, but check it out what they're, what they're really going to offer. I have it right here written for you. It's only 310000 I mean, are you, do you really want to go with that offer? No. Now you've proven why they don't want to go in that direction. Right? right. But you don't, right. you don't shut down the company. You're like, yeah, that's a good starting point. Let's start with them. Cool. That way, you know, you're helping out your client. You're helping your client come to an educated decision. That makes right. sense. Like, oh, um, I can, yeah, I completely agree. And 
And to, to, to get onto that point too is that, yeah, I, I know I say what I say about them, but with my seller that I have, actually any seller I have that I work with, I do, I do, the, I do go through like uh, either OfferPad, Open Door, one of those companies, mm-hmm. submit the property as the listing agent. So, you know, as you probably already know, and our other realtors know that they it, it asks you, are you the seller or are you the seller's agent? And I do that. I have an arsenal of investors. So I, and when I, when I first got my listing, I went through all the investors when it was in the MLS pending status to go mm-hmm. live. It was like on a waiver period. Um, I immediately went and talked to my arsenal of investors. They went and ran their comps. They gave my client the number or my, me the number. I communicated to the client. It was way, of course, a lot, yeah. a lot lower. But I, like you said, I completely agree with that. And that's, that's, a, good, that's a good point because I – and then also the sell listing that I have right now, um, I did submit it to um, OfferPad and waiting for an open door, waiting to hear back from them. And I know they're probably going to come down a lot lower than the list price, but I'm going to let my seller know this is, I know what you, you want to stick to your guns on this sale price or list price. Uh, but I also did some homework for you. Um, I was submitted to offer Pat open door to get a different opinion or different. So that way I'm still working for the, even then what I'm doing for is that I'm still working for the client while I'm marketing the house and social media traditional media or whatever it is, uh, you know, magazine ads, newspaper ads, and also my uh, database of my CRM where I got people, my clients in there. Um, I'm always doing like, yeah, I, I completely agree with you because um, I, I, I'm the same way as you in that sense. It may sound like I was shutting them down, but in true honesty, I do go and say, Hey, wait a minute. Let's, let's try this. Let's try that. Because I'm like I said in the beginning of the show, hustler, a hustling type of realtor. That I want, I'm not the kind that wants to keep the listing on the market forever. I, my job is to get my client their money, so they can walk away with the closing and they have their money in their hand, you know, in their pocket. It's the best part, that. right? Either cut them a check exactly. or hand them the keys. One of those two things is going to make the day exactly. for, for them and for you. Hey, I got, I got a question for you. You work for for Flow over there, Progressive, for for quite some time, right? right. Um, they have some awesome commercials. I mean, they, you know, insurance companies have a lot of money to dump on, on creativity and, and, and ad spend. So, uh, they always come up with some great stuff. What, uh, what stuff do you think, uh, well, tell me what, what do you think is probably your favorite, uh, progressive commercial? And then how are you kind of learning the stuff that they do and applying it to the marketing that you're doing? Um, I'd say out of all the ones, uh, that I like the best, it's kind of remember, I think they were at like a, the campground commercial. Yeah. where the actress or the comedian played multiple roles where she, it was like a disinterested like sister. Yeah. Yeah. Parents, all that stuff. But she was the dad, the grandfather and all that stuff doing one of those, you know, Eddie Murphy type things in a, like in a film that he does like the nutty professor remake, which I was, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So the different for me in real estate with my marketing is just like I did with progressive. There are different personality types, different emotions that people have. And I meet the client, I get to know them. Like I said, this is a personal thing for me. Yes, it's business, but I make it personal. Sit down with them, have coffee, go to lunch with them, whatever. Um, get to know who they are. You know, not necessarily an interview, but just let them open up to me. And then I tailor my services to each of my clients, which I call myself a concierge realtor here in Orlando. I open up my my mind to what they have to say and what they're, what, 
this is what it is. It's the motivation. What's your motivation for wanting to sell your house? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of emotion. I sold my personal home and I bought a condo in Orlando on the same day. Um, let me tell you, when that, I got the text message from the buyer's agent that had a buyer for my house and they said that the money was wired and the closing was done in Pinellas County because it was done remotely from here. I will tell you, I, that was my house for 11 years that I you know, purchased with my father, my late father. And I was almost in tears when I got that text message. So doing it myself, I put myself in my client's shoes and let them know. Under, yeah, understanding exactly. that it's it's their it's their largest investment for for their life, right? And not just that when you're when you're selling a home, you don't know if it's the home that they bought, rehabbed, and flipped, or it's the place where they grew up as kids, and they have all this emotional value, all this memories that, that are locked in that home. And now you know, yeah, they're getting a check, but they're also giving up all those memories, all those emotions. It, it's it's right. it's it could be overwhelming for some people. Exactly, because I was trying to keep a tough face the entire time of the process. And but you were dying, got, you were crying inside, huh? Oh yeah, but when I got the final message, I got um, when I got Broke that text, I fell apart. Um, and that's the thing I do too, which makes me stand apart from. I'm sure realtors do work um, with foundations or charities. Uh, my spouse is he's a, a victim of violent crime, and what I do too is um, when I do sell or help people buy properties. I give a, um, a, at least a minimum $200 donation to his foundation, which is called All Victims Foundation um, that was started here in Orlando. Um, so it's for me, my dad was a, 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 a what do you call it? A, a murder, he was a caregiver, basically. Mm -hmm. he was a physician in a trauma unit for 46 years in Pinellas County, Florida. And he taught me as a person, um, yeah, you have doctors that will want, you know, whatever. Uh, but he always taught me, it's not about the money, it's about the person. So, just like he was a caregiver, I didn't become a doctor, but that's okay. I'm still following his footsteps, and he was a compassionate man that talked to every patient individually and listened, just like I do in real estate. I listen to what their concerns are, their emotions. I've been there before. I sold my personal house that was, you know, had a memory, my dad helped me buy that house. I would live there for 11 years. I put a lot of sweat and blood and tears into it. And when it comes down to it, you can have the toughest face or the toughest attitude or whatever in your life. When I say, when I got that final text message, there were tears in my eyes because mm -hmm. that 11 years is gone. I mean, that's that 11 years of memories. I'm moving on to a new chapter. I moved on to a new chapter. That's fine. But it was very difficult at the final moment when it, when it became real is what it is. I want to know how somebody's going to react when that, yeah, they're going to be all, Sometimes sellers can be all tough about, oh, I'm going to sell my house, this is what I want. But when it comes down to signing that dotted line at the closing table, they're going to go from that, that um, wall that they put up in front of them for protection, like, you know, their vulnerability, and their wall is just going to come crashing down. And just like I did, I was in tears, and they'll be in tears because their memories. They maybe raised their kids there, you know, took care of family there. And now that's put behind them, but they're letting that go so they move on to the next chapter of life. And to me, that's the most, like you, I knew you agree yeah, with it. Absolutely. hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, I mean, it, it's obvious that you care about your clients and that uh, that's one of the main reasons why people want to end up working with you. So what I want you to do is let our audience know, how do they get a hold of you? And for those of you listening in San Diego, uh, unless you're going to Florida, Nick, Nick can help you out there. So go ahead, tell them, Nick, how do they get a hold of you? Oh yeah. So um, I'm on Facebook um, at Rockstar Realtor or Rockstar Realtor Agent. 
yeah, a Rockstar Realtor Agent 80 and uh, 727-220-8992 and also the podcast. Um, and I just got approved to be on Google Play Store, music, whatever it is for the nice. Android devices. So Google Play Store, iTunes or SoundCloud apps, um, download the podcast, subscribe to it, home to all is what it's called. Um, so you can reach me through that. Um, and you, yeah, cause it'll take you, it'll tell you exactly where to go, but at rockstar agent 80. Yeah, that's what it is at rockstar agent 80 on Facebook, my Facebook page, uh, request me on Facebook, call me 727-220-8992 or the homes all podcast on the Google play, um, iTunes and, uh, SoundCloud apps. Awesome. Awesome. Nick, thanks for getting on the show, man. Really appreciate you coming out. I know it's late over there in Orlando. You're hitting the uh, eight o'clock hour. So, uh, you know, it was seven 30 over there. So thanks for for taking the time to hop in on the show and uh, good luck on the podcast, man. Keep it up. Pick a schedule, stay consistent. Consistency is the most difficult thing for pretty much anything, but in podcasting it's episode seven. Episode seven is usually where people fall off. So let's see if you can get past seven, just consistent, do it every day. You're going to get better each and every day that you hop on that mic. Definitely. And when uh, episode four, um, the production team is running a little bit behind, but on Monday when it drops, I will go ahead and I'll send that to you in uh, Facebook messenger. So Sounds good. Episode four with the guests that I had on. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, ladies and gents, just a quick reminder, 365 pairs of shoes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for helping us meet and exceed that goal. Uh, it was amazing to see people uh, get those shoes and, and the, the smiling faces and, and the tears that, that came with it. Uh, so thank you guys very, very much for, for being a part of that. Uh, James is the insurance bro. So if you guys need help with your home, auto, commercial, business, insurance, whatever it is you need, or maybe you want to add insurance into your particular business, maybe you have a mortgage company or a tax office, let us know. 619-884-0045 or james at csfirst.com. Make sure you guys check out dronequote.net forward slash business bros. It's where you start for solar shopping. They're going to send out a drone, take pictures of your rooftop, send it out to solar uh, companies and roofing companies, come back and you can take a look at the quotes pick the one that works for you drunko.net forward slash business bros nick again thank you for being on the show man really appreciate it thank you facebook we'll see you later happy friday Friday. thank you for listening to the business bros podcast are you interested in being on the show are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance reach out to the business bros via email businessbros at csfirst.com right now or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.